Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, surprise, COVID relief is back on the table. Number two, where lawmakers stand on an Iran deal after the White House briefing. And number three, Pelosi and her leadership team is putting the pressure on Democrats to pony up. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have been pretty cool on COVID relief that was stripped out of the omnibus spending bill, making its way forward. But uh, there has been some significant movement, and we are reporting uh, now that this looks like it could potentially get done before the uh, Easter recess. Yeah, I, I want to be really careful here. Um, I don't think I don't have any idea whether it will or won't get done, but I, I will say this. There's been a um, a definite change in body language over the last couple of days or even less, and I'll, I'll run through why. So Mitt Romney and Chuck Schumer met on Monday night, and they're swapping offers over a COVID relief bill. Romney's demand is that the legislation is fully offset and that they repurpose some of the unspent COVID money. Um, that has been out there uh, in previous pieces of legislation. That's number one. Uh, and Schumer said yesterday he's trying to get 10 Republicans on board for this. And I could tell you who those 10 Republicans could be. It'll be people like um, Romney, maybe Richard Burr, the, the ranking member of the Help Committee, Susan Collins, uh, perhaps Bill Cassidy. There's a lot of people who are interested in a, in a COVID relief bill that they view as proper. So that's number one. Number two, Schumer last night. Um, late, late-ish. I mean, everything's late for me, but can't filed cloture on a legislative vehicle that would allow quick passage of the COVID relief bill. Um, that is a that would just allow him to move quickly if there is a if there is a deal, and so he could if there's a deal reached today, he could tomorrow. Um, I think, get a cloture vote on that and, and break a Republican filibuster. Then we spoke to House Minority, Majority Leader. He's House Majority Leader, Steny Hoyer, Tuesday, and he, he told Heather that he's going, that they're going to get it done, um, a bill, a COVID relief bill, that is, in this work period. That means it's going to get done in the next nine days uh, uh, because the work period ends next Friday. Burr, the aforementioned Burr, um, said uh, that he is uh, working with the White House to understand what they need in COVID tests and therapeutics and things of that nature. Um, he said that they that he believes the U.S. has 400 million vaccines uh, and the administration, in his view, has not been has not given them the right numbers, let's say, on what they have. Um, so this bill will probably be in the 15 billion dollar range. Um, but Anna, as always, we are again, nine days ahead of a recess. It's March 30th. Um, it is, the clock is the enemy here. And, um, next week is Katanji Brown Jackson's, uh, historic, uh, confirmation vote on the Senate floor to be the next Supreme Court justice. And I, I that doesn't mean I don't, that doesn't mean I, this cannot get done. But it does mean that that it's very, it'll be difficult 
it'll just be challenging and, and things have to go. You have to pitch a perfect game here uh, in, in a sense to get this done in the next nine days. I just want to say one thing though, man, it sticks out to me, $15 billion, which is what they're talking about. Basically the same amount of money that got stripped out in the house uh, on the omnibus package. Um, you know, after Nancy Pelosi's own rank and file Democrats balked at the offsets used to pay for COVID prep provisions, It'll be uh, interesting to see if they can, you know, move forward on this and that Pelosi can can get the uh, support within her own ranks for this. Right. A lot of obviously the action right now in the Senate. But this that 15 million dollars wasn't a problem for the Senate to begin with uh, compared to what was happening in the House. Yeah, it's it will it will be. um it's going to be it's all going to come down to how this is paid for uh, uh, for Republicans and whether Democrats can stomach it. They don't pick up many votes in the House. I, I, maybe they pick up the the Fred Upton crowd, um, people who are have been involved in health health care legislating before. I mean, this shouldn't be terribly controversial, the, the substance of it. I'm not talking about the way it's paid for, but it shouldn't be terribly controversial. I mean, this is for therapeutics and vaccines and, and things that that most countries are just doing right now and 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 America has done over the last um over the last year or so so you know let's just see where this let's see where this this nets out i am um i'm cautiously optimistic although not very optimistic all right, let's go on to the number two story of the morning. Washington and the world. Back to the future on Iran nuclear deal. The White House is winning over some Democrats, Jakes, as it looks to sell a potential nuclear deal to Congress, um, but unsurprisingly made zero headway with Republicans. If you recall, yesterday we were telling you that um, a, a few Biden administration officials were headed to Capitol Hill to kind of explain the administration's thinking here. That happened. And I mean, interesting in so much as, uh, you know, there, there seems to be some movement and openness among Democrats in the House to, you know, potentially support a deal. Again, Republicans have overwhelmingly opposed, uh, the, you know, kind of these deals or these types of deals, even going back to 2015 uh, with the nuclear deal crafted by former President Barack Obama. Yeah, so the, the the issue here will be whether there's only one goal here for the administration. They're not going to get Republicans. They're just not going to get Republicans on board here. I, I, regardless of the substance, they're just not. I mean, can't imagine anyone will. The one goal for the administration is to uphold a veto. Uh, this is going to be a disapproval resolution. The president's going to veto it if they come to a deal. Again, we don't know that they're going to come to a deal. But if they come to a deal, they're going to... Um, uh, have to uphold a veto, and that means they have to. Uh, would they, they need to? They need to just prevent an overturn of a veto. <laughs> I can't say that enough, and they'll probably be able to do that. Uh, Democrats look like they're inching toward being on board. Republicans are going to oppose. There might be some Democrats who oppose it too. There will be some Democrats who oppose it, but um, uh. That's their only goal here. But I mean, you got to you got to give them credit and give them criticism. This, the administration, they started late. There's not. Listen, there's not much you could they could say. These are pretty these are pretty sensitive negotiations between many countries who are um, trying to negotiate this deal with Iran. Uh, and if you 
start telling the the Congress a lot of details, then the con- con- members of Congress are going to blab. So that's why they have not uh, told them any details for the most part. But now they're up there sharing details as as a deal as the end of these negotiations, one way or another, becomes closer. Um, and uh, uh, that signals to me that this will come to a conclusion one way or another. Uh, but again, it's it's not clear to me. Robert Malley, who is the administration's uh, liaison, I guess, to Iran or liaison to the Iran portfolio or the, in charge of the Iran portfolio, uh, said last week uh, in Doha, I believe, that it's not a deal is not going to happen tomorrow or, or anytime soon. I, I don't know if that's expectation setting or saber rattling or whatever but the this is going to come to the, the interesting thing to me is this is going to come to Capitol Hill at an incredibly sensitive time I mean we're already basically in April it's March 30th uh in an election year so uh, an incredibly sensitive deal in uh, an incredibly sensitive vote in an incredibly sensitive political environment All right, let's move to the number three story of the morning. House Democratic leaders trying to pressure their members to cough up the dough. Uh, During a closed-door meeting uh, Tuesday, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, D-Trip Chair Sean Patrick Maloney, and endangered Representative Angie Craig of Minnesota all made a similar plea. It's time for Democratic lawmakers to pay their dues to the party committee. Always a tough thing to uh, have happen, particularly when you have a lot of members retiring, those fearful that they're going to lose the majority. Um, you know, not that surprising that they're making this this effort, but always interesting to see where, uh, you know, kind of both parties stand in terms of how much their members are contributing to the party committees. Yeah, you know, listen, there's Democrats have a ton of, of uh, people who are not paying dues. CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, frequently doesn't pay dues. But, I mean, up and down the co- the caucus, people are not paying dues. And it's like, y- y- it almost seems as if, you know, um, basically uh, one-third of the Democratic caucus funds the entire DCCC from the member point of view. Um, but this is a point of frustration. Uh, you got to just you just got to be clear about that. This is a point of frustration came up in a Democratic caucus meeting yesterday. Uh, uh, and um, you got to I mean, either the either you have to pay dues or you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, but this is a I mean, this I, is an annual problem, Jake. This is not I mean, yeah, I don't want you. Come on. I agree. Is, Nancy Pelosi agree. fundraises and and, uh, and and disproportionately funds the DCCC more than anybody else. Yeah. When Nancy Pelosi is gone, if that day ever comes, which I'm not saying it's going to come now or, or never, I've gotten out of that game. Um, dues are going to probably become more prominent and more more prevalent. Whoever the next leader is is going to raise a ton of money. There's no question about that. I'd say Pelosi raises more money than probably anybody in the Democratic caucus. But you got to pay dues. Uh, it's just a bet. Either that's I agree that it's an annual problem, but either you have to do it or you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either it's optional or it's mandatory. Uh, I want to just say one more thing, Anna, on a, diff- on a different political topic. I th- find this is fascinating. I know we're going outside of the three stories format that we usually hold. Last night was yesterday was the deadline for filing for election in South Dakota. And no one, not a Republican, not a Democrat, filed to run against John Thune. Amazing. I mean, Donald Trump said Thune's political career was over. He was working to find a primary challenger. And 
was not able to. Uh, and I'm not sure how hard he even tried. I mean, Thune is, Thune is a very popular politician. Well, I mean, he's wildly popular in South Dakota. <laughs> and had 15, has $15 million in the bank. So really just a, an amazing, um, an amazing look at, uh, uh, kind of how, you know, Thune decided late he was going to run for reelection and no one, not a single person got in against him. All right, definitely noteworthy for sure. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.